Thank you for joining us for IAB There. And now your host, Brad Behrens. Over to you, Brad. Hi, everybody. My name is Brad Behrens. I'm the Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau, the IAB. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream connecting the digital media ecosystem and community. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show, Ads That Talk Back to Me, Voice and Conversational Advertising. Uh, I'm pleased to be introducing in a moment uh, Zoe Soon. She is the Vice President of our Consumer Experience Center of Excellence here at the IAB and Priscilla Valls. Priscilla is the Vice President of Agency Advertiser and Industry Development at Pandora. Uh, which of course is very interested in all questions about voice. For those of you who have questions, the way to post the questions is on Twitter. Please post the questions on Twitter using the hashtag IABthere, all caps, one word, once again, IABthere. Our producers will grab your questions and share them with our host, Zoe, and our guest, Priscilla. So as we are welcoming them, uh, them onto the screen, this is the last time that you'll see me today. Zoe, Priscilla, thank you both so much for being on IAB There, and please take it away. Thanks, Brad. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, Zoe. Glad to have you here. Excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Our pleasure. So Priscilla is Vice President of Agency Advertiser and Industry Development at Pandora. So if you've seen any cool ads on Pandora, Priscilla's team is probably behind them. She collaborates with advertisers and brands on innovative new ad products for the Pandora's platform and customized ad solutions. Welcome. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about interactive voice ads. So mm -hmm. just to start, I think, you know, voice has really been having a moment in general with, you know, coming out with Siri in 2011 and then the smart speakers following that now connected devices uh, as, mm -hmm. as they grow, people are expecting to talk to their products. Um, and now with coronavirus, people, I think, are, you know, really reevaluating their, their relationship with touch. Um, I think I saw one study where mm -hmm. in China, voices being deployed, you know, robotic voices being deployed to mm -hmm. send out messages. Um, you know, what's your experience? What are you seeing right now with consumers and voice? Yeah, you know, I think, um, I think even before this very, you know, far from ideal and very unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in today, that, you know, audio was going through a renaissance and, you know, through the proliferation of connected devices, the ubiquitousness of audio coming into play um, was starting to really come into focus. And, you know, I think voice is, you know, at the, the precipice of all that's new and exciting specifically because voice is frictionless, it's seamless, there's, you know, nothing more natural than the, the human language. And it really is kind of the future proofing when you consider how consumers are engaging across devices. And, um, you know, you combine that that ease of use with the, the human need of personalization and relevance, um, connectivity, and then convenience and speed constantly all being optimized I think voice is, is really um, coming into its own. And now, especially given the current situation we're in, it's kind of the, the de facto social distancing approved tool. <laughs> um, not, not to make light of it, but whether that's, you know, I think in the third week of March, we saw the big tech companies and voice assistants like Siri and Google Assistant deploy voice 
um, in a manner to help connect people to information, whether that was, you know, Siri being able to walk you through, you know, questions, which were essentially an assessment um, of your health and being then able to point you to different services like telehealth, telehealth applications, or whether that was, you know, Google's assistant being able to um, distribute and disseminate uh, the, the do the five um, public service announcement, you know, from, from the CDC, I think, you know, that the, the tool of being able to use your voice to both seek out information, to find information, um, and then, you know, to just connect all of us um, to each other and the things we love, I think, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see, um, you know, the, the 10 years of digital uh, advancement and technology is now crammed into a few weeks and voice is definitely um, one of the clear winners in that. Yeah, I think I read a prediction that said by the end of 2020, 50% of searches will be voice optimized searches. Mm-hmm. And I, I come from a publishing background, digital publishing. And I think about the efforts we put behind optimizing SEO, like editorial training, keyword optimization, <laughs> page design, the way we loaded pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if we're seeing the equivalent effort around voice optimizing for voice search. And I'm not sure that we are. Do you have any? Um, I, I don't know if that's my, my fundamental area of expertise, but what I will say is, you know, I do, I do think, you know, I, I remember seeing, you know, a few articles that, you know, the, the rigor that is put into visual search um, is being made for voice search. I mean, there's almost more accountability needed to ensure that, you know, the correct information is being disseminated and then cont- in a contextually relevant way in the right tone um, of that information as well. So I think there is probably a higher sense of responsibility, accuracy, accountability that, that is there. Yeah, I read also that it's it tends to force brands to be more customer-centric because you have to provide the context. You have to think about the context that the ad's being heard in and what you might be doing. Yeah, I mean, I think from an advertising perspective, you know, I would say when it comes to voice, you know, I, I would like to think that from a brand marketing perspective, that brand marketers wouldn't just use voice uh, technology for technology's sake and, you know, have new shiny object syndrome, but rather they would think more holistically um, about their overall marketing strategy and the same rigor that they put into understanding who their consumer is, where their consumer is, the, you know, the life stage and, and how to message to that consumer. All of that uh, would be taken and put into, you know, how they're thinking about their audio strategy, their overarching audio strategy, and then specifically um, how that comes to life in, in, in a voice-based environment. Yeah, and speaking of which, um, sonic branding, like how important is it for brands to have, you know, a sense of what they sound like? Uh, You know, it's funny and, and, um, you know, CES is not too far behind us, but we we did a lot of discovery with with clients that ranged in their, um, in, you know, how leaned in they are into audio overall. Um, and what was consistent, regardless if you had, you know, really, really, um, you had marketers who were really invested in the space or not, is the consistency was that most brands, you know, in a brand brief, give 90% of their focus into the visual identity of their brand and probably 10% or less into their 
what, what their brand sounds like. And I think there are, you know, were, have been moments over the past few years, and especially this past year at CES, again, with the ubiquity of devices who are now that, that are now voice enabled, um, that brand marketers are taking a pause and saying, wow, if we're not thinking about audio and voice, then we're doing it wrong. And, you know, you just have to look at the, the consumer behavior and the time shifts that people are spending um, with auditory platforms in general. You know, the average American spends over four hours a day with audio entertainment. Um, that's over a quarter of our waking hours. You know, 180 million people are spending, uh, I think, spent time with audio services in, in the past month. Um, and then you bleed into the connected car, the connected home new content formats like podcasting, um, which is, you know, you have all these different layers. So, you know, the, the ability, and I think the last stat I saw from the IB, and this is a few years ago, was that 79% of time spent with audio is in places where visual cues don't actually take place. Yeah, they don't exist. So thinking about how you're brand shows up sonically is super important. And whether you have a sonic identity or not, your brand is thriving outside in a world that is full of audio cues. And so understanding what that means and then how you can play to the strengths of, you know, the foundational purpose of your brand and its intrinsic value and characteristics and how you bring that to like via sound, I think is an exciting space to, to think about for brand marketers. Yeah. And just to give folks at home an idea of sonic branding if you if you think about the hbo sonic label mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the static um is it hp that has the the three mm-hmm. um i'm trying to avoid singing them right now um <laughs> but then you know, what does the nike swish sound like and that has an amazing visual branding and it's such a strong brand but they're so far behind when it comes to sonic branding yeah um, so that's kind of the difference of having a brand and not around that stuff. Um, yeah. And I know Pandora is doing some interesting things around voice ads. Uh, are you able to share a little bit about some of what, you, what you're experimenting with? Um, sure. And I think, you know, I think before jumping into the voice ads portion, you know, as a brand and an audio first brand, um, you know, voice was something that was at one point new for us. And so before we even got into a place of um, voice ads, we started with our own platform and we launched voice mode um, in 2019. And specifically um, to learn more via our insights lab with our own listeners about how they would use their voice to navigate our platform. And quite frankly, while Pandora um, has always been the leader in, in streaming on connected devices. We're on over 2,000 different connected devices from, you know, smart TVs and smart speakers and wearables ex- and, and connected over 200 um, different makes and models of connected car brands. What we needed to understand was how people were going to use their voice to navigate our system and, and traditional uh, voice assistants like um, Alexa and Siri, et cetera, they were able to perform very basic functionality for Pandora, like, you know, start my Drake station or skip the song, turn the volume up. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our service and understanding an individual user's taste, their likes, their dislikes, the mood, the context of where they're listening, the platform they're listening on, we needed to really understand, you know, not only those very basic commands 
um, and how to deliver against them for our brand. But then also, you know, what does it mean when you, Zoe, say, play me something to dance to versus I say, play play me something to dance to or play me something new or, um, you know, all of these very human ways of talking. But what does that mean for a brand and a service like Pandora? And so we've now, we dove there first. And I would say at the end of 2019, then started um, with our voice ads alpha testing with about a dozen brands. Uh, That's really interesting, like having that really understanding, how do our customers expect to be talked to before even going into what would work? I think that's a really smart strategy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, what's what's understanding how to deliver on a consumer need, again, from a Pandora brand perspective, like we needed to understand how listeners were going to engage. And then likewise, if they said, play me something new, again, something totally different to you and I and everybody on the on, uh, who's listening in, how do we deliver on that ask mm-hmm. um, in a way that's relevant, in a way that's a surprise and delight discovery moment? And, you know, we want to take those learnings and apply them for the brand marketers that we're working with as well. And so, you know, we have a saying at Pandora that what's good for the listener is good for good for the advertiser. And so the more insights we could bring to the table for our brand partners um, before we launch the alpha, the better. And I think that's one of the voice is that it pairs really well with AI. So it mm-hmm. learns and and gets better as the consumer interacts with it. So I think that's the other advantage for, for brands. For sure. And actually I, I, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead futuristically, um, but you know, what, what a great opportunity um, as we go down, you know, the voice ads road, um, you know, I think something our insights team would love is to better understand, you know, as consumers engage with an ad, why do they choose to engage? Mm-hmm. And what does that tell us about that person, their life stage, who they are, what they love, what to, from a content perspective, what to deliver them more of so that they continue to engage and, and that opportunity is as relevant for the brand advertiser as, you know, the music coming out of their speakers or their, their earbuds. Um, but then also, why are they saying no? Um, and what does that tell us? And, and having, you know, the, the ability to apply, you know, sophisticated learning, machine learning behind um, what we as humans, you know, can derive um, from, from surveys and research. Right. I think, I think we, we started out with being really robotic with our commands to, to voice and, and humans shaping themselves to fit computers and speaking like a computer to communicate with a computer and I think we're seeing that flipped where now we're talking the way we would talk to a friend and the computer is having to level up to understand us so I think that's really interesting too. Uh, I mean it's so funny I think you know again as humans we use our voice all the time right audio is the oldest form of storytelling we're used to using our voice in a myriad of different ways and tones and um, taking different pauses and, and breaks and understanding sarcasm, et cetera. Um, and, and voice assistants by and large have enabled us to give commands to your point. Like we're going to ask what the weather is to play a certain skill, to um, set a timer. And, you know, even when I think about the, 
and this is probably a little off color, but when I think about my mom and the way she talks to her voice assistant, it's like, she's talking to somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language. You know, she talks louder, slower, and sometimes nonsensical um, in nature. And it drives me crazy. But my toddler, my three-year-old, four-year-old now, and command, you know, our Alexa device, like nobody's business. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, you know, even in the, in, in understanding how to engage with these, the, the voice assistants, um, there's still a lot of education that has to happen. And to your point, when you think about advertising and, and brands um, engaging consumers, you're flipping the dynamic on its head, right? So you're, the brand is actually, the consumer isn't the one leading um, with the ask, the brand is. And then to help educate a consumer on the fact that they actually can have a conversation with a brand um, and, and have that brand understand, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to say that is going to make this consumer want to engage with me instead of getting back to their personalized music? Like that, that's really when you talk about engagement, um, you know, I, hopefully brands are thinking about that in their overall media marketing mix, whether that's video display or audio. But when you think about that conversation that has to happen and being able to capture somebody's attention and then have them say yes to an engagement with a brand, um, again, fun, high stakes, but, uh, but uncharted territory, which we're working on right now. You have a very, very small window where it sounds like something's gone wrong if there's too much of a silence. So I think you do you have <laughs> any guidelines on, on how long a, a brand has to capture attention on, on voice? I mean, so all things we're, we're currently learning and testing and evolving. We're, we're officially um, moving into our, out of our alpha phase into our beta phase. And, you know, quite frankly, I think the beta phase is going to last a little bit um, because there's so much to learn. I would say, you know, what, what the first thing that, you know, guidance I would say is, you know, we, we need to keep it simple for the consumer. We need to educate them not only on how to use their voice, but the fact that they are now experiencing advertising that they can talk back to. So making sure that they understand that the ad is a new kind of ad, that they can talk back to it, and then how to engage with it. And right now, we're, we're just testing yes or no's um, as a way to, um, if you will, you know, say through um, to the next portion of, of the advertisement. Um, and we're, we're testing different lanes. So, you know, is a traditional 15 or 30 needed when you're thinking about a voice ad? And then how quickly, or I should say, you know, do you need to educate the consumer and let them know it's a, an ad you can interact with multiple times during that session, just once, how early in the session? Um, how do we think about, you know, can we use a, a, a short ad and right out of the gate say, Hey, Pandora listener, are you interested in a new joke? <laughs> and have them say yes to that. You know, when when should the brand um, the the brand name come into play, or you know, should it? Uh, we have some really good examples of you know brand brands that are not even saying the brand name um, in in the ad uh, and still eliciting a really phenomenal response. So. I think, you know, totally uncharted territory, a lot of learning, not necessarily any specific um, information in terms of response rates that I can share, except to say that the engagement rates are much higher than traditional 
um, audio ads that are being served. And that um, over the course of the past you know, few months, we've done some Pandora surveys to listeners who have received these voice ads. And 72% of them have said, oh, and I should say, not that we were engaging them about specific campaigns, voice ad campaigns, but asking for sentiment feedback from these listeners who had heard the voice ad. So um, did you enjoy them? Uh, kind, of, kind of questions. And 72% of listeners shared that, yes, they enjoyed the voice ads because they were easy. And so it kind of, it helped, um, I think, validate the fact that we need to make it easy for consumers to participate in the conversation. And like context ads again. Sorry, it's a bit of feedback there. Uh, mm-hmm. They're probably walking or driving or doing something else. So having a hands-free way to interact with the ad mm-hmm. is going to be really game-changing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think teaching consumers on how to, you know, say yes now, I think that as these ads evolve, they will become more natural and maybe that will change. Um, but that's also really interesting. And when you talked about you know, the response rate to consumers, it kind of reminded me that they did this study once where they had a visual ad and if there was a face looking at somebody, they had a response rate as if it was a, a static picture where there was no kind of eye contact with the ad Uh, so I think it really does play into some kind of non-logical primal response that if someone's talking to us we immediately pay attention because we feel we do that pretty much in our everyday if someone's talking to us you know we've learned to pay attention so I think there's some really interesting research to be done around around that impact of voice ads no I, I agree and you know to that point I think the word personalization gets thrown out a lot in, in multiple different types of contexts, um, but there's really nothing more personal than the human voice. Right. You know, right. the, to recall memory, to engage, to um, yeah, there, there just is so many implications there that I think um, is it, just quite honestly another reason why there's been a huge adoption of voice, and I don't, you know, I see the, it accelerating, only accelerating from this point on. Especially, I think I saw a start saying that 33% of advertising spend is going to go to connected cars at some point. We spend so much time in cars and now it's like an internet connected device that has a console and also you can stream things in. So I think if you don't think about a voice strategy or an audio strategy now, you're not really future proofing your product. Yeah, and the connected car, I mean, we could spend so much more time on the connected car too. You know, when you think about the evolution of the the connected dashboard and all of the sensors in, you know, in that um, space and to be able to, you know, hands-free without looking at a mobile device or having it up on, you know, your, your dashboard, being able to actually use your voice to not only get directions, but if the directions say, take your next left, and you can say, well, which next left? And the car, you know, if using voice says, follow the red car, oh, you know, okay. ahead of you. Like, there, I, I just think of like all these implications. Um, and there was a great article today, which I totally stole that from, about all the different implications around the connected car space and how having a hands-free, autonomous experience, whether that's mapping, 
um, and directions to setting certain controls within the car. Um, There are just so many different um, ways of looking at how voice can come to life within that connected space. Just to recap, we've covered a lot of ground, I feel like, Uh, you know, voice is here to stay, voice optimized search and people expecting to talk to products. Uh, I think we talked about, you know, personalizing the way you communicate with customers so it feels natural to them and we're really molding to what they're expecting. Uh, and just to, if you had, if we had to sum up the tips for brands when it comes to a voice strategy, mm-hmm. you mentioned like not technology for not technology's sake, thinking about your consumers, educating them. Does that kind of sum mm-hmm. up the, the brands? Yeah, you know, I would say um, first, before diving into voice, I would say having an audio strategy is very important. And fine-tuning and honing in on that audio strategy would lay a really strong foundation for then understanding how to engage within the voice voice ads format. Um, and ultimately, for anybody getting into this space with whoever the partner might be, I would say, you know, keep it simple. Understand, you know, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Is it entertainment? Is it utility? Is it sharing of new information? Um, you know, keep it simple in terms of what you're asking from the end user. Don't overcomplicate it. I know at Pandora, again, we're using a simple yes, no as the conduit for a a continued brand experience. Um, And then, you know, just really start thinking about, um, you know, A-B testing different creatives to understand, you know, some brands might need more time. We've talked a little bit about length of, of that ad. Some brands might need a little bit more time to get the consumer to engage and inform them versus others don't. And so I think, you know, in, in the world of speed and efficiency and get to the point so I can move on with my day, um, those are those are the, probably the three key takeaways. Right. Great. 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 Just to wrap up, I guess, what are you doing to stay optimistic and saying this new this new virtual abnormal that we're living um well music definitely comes into play i have two little girls seven and three um i need to stop saying three she just turned four um she would be so mad at me um so seven and four uh just a lot of time spent um you know connecting at home with with them i'm learning I'm becoming cool again with music. I don't know. My seven-year-old is really on the, the hot tip of things. Um, and I don't know. I doing, doing things like this, staying connected to the community, staying connected right. to my colleagues and my peers um, helps, help, for sure helps keep, keep my mindset positive. Great. Well, we love having you on board. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all your experience and, and wisdom when it comes to audio strategies and voice. Awesome. Oh, and I want to give one more shout out because I just watched um, John John Krasinski's Some Good News. Oh, is that the Hamilton cast one? Well, I just watched the first episode. It was with Steve Carell. Um, But check out Some Good News with with John Krasinski. It's amazing. I think I'm I'm following them on social as well. And just it really does pick up your spirits when you see the human, the human spirit. Totally. During these times. So totally. Good tip. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, thanks, Priscilla. Um, look forward to talking, talking to you next. Um, for those at home listening, we have 
Tomorrow, we're continuing the audio conversation with Gina Garubo and Tom Webster from Edison, Gina Garubo from National Public Radio, talking about um, the state of audio.